All right, so the Rangers got a much-needed win on Sunday at Yankee Stadium over the Devils in the first of two games of the stadium series. And joining me today to talk Rangers hockey is the only person that hates the stadium series, and that is uh, WFAN producer and uh, for Mike Zahn, Francesa on the fan, Brian Monzo. Monzo, how's it going today? Oh, it's just going great, Neil. How are you? I'm doing well. I, uh, I, I alluded to the fact that you are the only person I know that is against the stadium series, against an abundance of outdoor games, and I feel like at this point you're just complaining about something just for the sake of complaining. Well, I, I would, I, if, I, if I just came up with that argument, I'd say that's yeah, probably valid, but I've been saying this since day one. As soon as they announced it, I remember where I was. I was waiting for my car <laughs> to be parked in a legal spot, and I was just, I was just mortified because, you know, the classic NHL, and look, I, I'll say, I mean, it was fun to watch, and, you know, the idea is a good idea, and the outdoor games are cool, especially if it's those, but it's it's just too much, in my opinion, it's just too much of a good thing, and, it, and it's eventually going to come south for it. It's just, it's too much. It's just, it's a great thing, but it, it's going to become overkill. It should be special. It's special. You know, and they had the Heritage Classic in Canada for the, you know, for, for the Canadian uh, fans, for the Oilers or whatever. You know, but it's just, uh, it's too much of a good thing. And eventually, if they do it again next year and the year after that, I just think it's going to lose its luster. I mean, the Winter Classic was great because it was once a year. You knew the day. You knew what you were doing if you were going to watch it. And you look forward to it. Now it's just, you can catch it. It seems like you're going to catch an outdoor game every two weeks now. This, you know, it's just to me, it's going to eventually become boring. I'm going to be okay. Put it this way. That game was off Saturday night between the Kings and the Ducks. I didn't watch a uh, second of it. I just I didn't care. I, I've seen outdoor games before. Well, maybe that's more of, of a factor of your old age rather than you not liking the outdoor game. Yeah, I suppose to my old age. But I just, you know, I watched the entire winter class because I looked forward to I couldn't care less about the Ducks and Kings playing out in California. Well, the, the Rangers get the win, and they beat the Devils for the first time this season after the Devils sort of had their number the first three times. And uh, the Devils were winless back in October when they beat the Rangers to get their first win of the season. Um, they had you know a couple more wins since then, one in November, one in December. And it looked like they'd get another one when they got out to that 3-1 lead on Sunday. But uh, Marty Brodeur you know, sort of falls on his face, allowing six goals on just 21 shots. Um, and then tells supposedly tells Peter DeBoer that you know he wants Schneider to play the third uh, so that the kid gets a chance to play in Yankee Stadium rather than saying that he got pulled for a poor performance. Then he goes on and blames the ice. It always seems like Broder has an excuse when things don't go his way. Does it seem like that to you? I mean, I hate to sit here and just trash talking a whole thing goalie, but <laughs> yeah, you know, his argument was probably legit. But you gotta, you know, you're a professional athlete. You gotta be able to play through it. And let's not discount the fact that he is 41 years old. So he's not the player he was when he was 30. And that wasn't exactly like Henrik Lundqvist was playing a dynamic first period. He was, you know, pretty sloppy himself. So and it seems like it's an excuse. I didn't see many of those. Not to me, those goals the Rangers scored weren't exactly the greatest of goals. I mean, I would think the Brodeur when he was 23, 24 would have made, uh, you know, five of those six saves. You know, maybe the uh, first Zuccarello goal, you know, might have got by him, but... Yeah, I mean, it seems like an excuse. But, you know, you know it, it, to me, it's more important that the Rangers got those two points and Martin Bordeaux complained. Well, like you said, Lundqvist was sloppy in the first. Uh, he said that he was taking a nap before, uh, right before warm-up started because the Rangers were told they had more time than they had, and Mark Stahl was eating pasta, and he had to stop doing that to head out for warm-up. So it seems like everyone was sort of thrown off their schedule and their preparation for the game, and maybe that led to why Lundqvist was, had such a poor first period and he didn't let, he didn't let another goal in after that. 
Um, we haven't talked in a while. We haven't done a podcast in a while. And uh, it's been since uh, before, I believe, he signed his long-term extension. And I know that both of us always felt the need that they had to sign him. They had to sign the face of the franchise at all costs. Um, we weren't really people to nitpick about the years or the money. And uh, over these last 10 games, he's looked as good as he did two years ago when uh, they were the overall number one seed. So uh, what's your feelings on Lundquist since that extension? And, uh, you know, how, does he, how do you think he's been looking? He was obviously playing very average to start the season. You know, and I'm trying to recall off the top of my head his starts, and I remember him both being hot and cold to start the season. So he was just really not himself this season, and a lot of it people thought was because of the contract, but then he signed the contract, and he wasn't great for a couple games after that. Um, you know, one of the disappointing or depressing parts about Hamrick Lundquist is He's no longer in his 20s. He's in his 30s. So he's getting to be an older player. You know, fortunately, it's a position that you can remain uh, older and play. You know, but I, I think it's fair to say he's not the goalie he once was. But I think a lot of it has to do with the new system. With Elaine Vignelli, you've got to remember Tortorella, your favorite coach, um, you know, played defensive. You know, so there were a lot of odd man opportunities and, and stuff like that. And with Vignelli, it's a little more open. So Lundqvist has had to endure harder opportunities, so it took some adjustment. I think he's been better the past month, and uh, you know he's still the goalie that can win you a playoff series. So if he plays like he has been despite that first period yesterday, I think he'll be just fine. And he earned the contract, so I have no issues with the contract. Well, you said how the defense has changed since when they moved from Tortorella to Vigneault, and maybe the defense all along hasn't been as good as people thought it would be. Maybe the Rangers' young core of defense wasn't as good as people projected because Lundqvist made everyone look better than they actually were. Um, one of those players is Michael Delzato, who got traded to, to Nashville. The other now is Dan Girardi, who two years ago looked like you know a, a big-time stay-at-home defenseman, a guy that they could build around. Now they're at the point where he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. He's been brought up in trade rumors and reports. Um, if it were to me, you know, I'd get rid of this guy at all costs right now before the trade deadline because of how how much of a liability he's been this season, how much he was last season in the playoffs. Um, what do you think about Dan Girardi's game right now? And you think he'll still be a Ranger, uh, you know, come the end of March and beginning of April? I do agree that he struggled. Um, it seems though he struggled ever since he was named to the All Star team uh, a couple of years ago. But um, look, I still think I was a Dan Girardi fan since the day they signed him and put him in Hartford. Uh, I, I thought he had potential to be a solid, undirected uh, defenseman, a minute-eater, and he has been that. Um, but, you know, he's barely missed, I think he's missed three games in his time with the Rangers. That's a lot of wear to everybody. He's played a lot of minutes. He's been over the top-pairing defenseman since he's come to the league. Uh, you know, not in that offensive role, more in that the, the defensive role. I, I think he will be back, but I'm in... Sadly, it's tough to see somebody who's you know played with your, the team you root for for so long and, and really do a good job contributing. I'm with you in that. I'm not sure the rest of the league has noticed his struggles, so I think you can get a lot for him, especially with what's out there. So I agree with you that if the right deal came along, I would absolutely move him in a heartbeat. My gut tells me that they will do their best to resign him. A couple of years ago, we talked about... Uh... 
getting Rick Nash before the the 2011-12 trade deadline, how we give up Chris Kreider, we give up anything for him. Um, they didn't get him. They lose to the Devils. They get him in the off season, and since then everyone's been you know wanting to crush him, just like every other big name superstar that comes to New York um, via trade or free agency, uh, almost turning him into sort of what Yager was in the sense that you know everyone expects this guy to score a goal every game, and now he's been doing that. So we're sort of being uh, justified for our prediction on how good Rick Nash can be and what he would be. How good does it feel to see him finally being the top player, elite scorer, getting through this concussion issues and contributing to the Rangers' wins? Well, I think it feels even better that they acquired Rick Nash without trading Chris Kreider because at the time we both would have done that trade, but I think we're both a lot happier that they didn't um, because Kreider's become probably, minus Nash, their best offensive player. Um, Hey, look, Rick Nash, you know, he came to the team last year, as we alluded to, on a team that was defense first, and he was pretty good last year, and then he got injured. Um, This year, before he could really adjust to playing the new system, you know, he would start, you know, two games in or whatever it was. And then, you know, with a concussion, you come back, you never know, especially with multiple concussions, how the player is. I think there was a long adjustment period for him. I would like to think that he's 90% healthy. I mean, your players are never healthy when you play a sport, you know, uh, 100%. You know, and he's finally adjusted to the system. He has some line mates that are uh, doing the best they can to get the puck to him, and you're seeing what Rick Nash can do. I mean, you got to remember, Rick Nash is still only 29 years old, 30. And he's historically been a great goal scorer. And now that he's healthy, understanding the system, and playing with players that understand what they have to do to make him good, it seems to be working out. And, uh, you know, I, I think part of the reason the Rangers have been a lot better the last month is because their best players are performing. And on a good team, their best players have to perform. And that's finally happening in goal and with your goal scorer. Well, Rick Nash will be heading to uh, Sochi with Team Canada. His line mate, Derek Stepan, will go to Team USA and. After Team USA was picked, we sort of had a back and forth online about, you know, if the right players were picked, um, if not, who they should have been. And uh, it was your good friend, Brian Burke, the one who came across in that ESPN article looking a little lost when it comes to guys like Bobby Ryan. And uh, instead, players like Stepan and Blake Wheeler made the team over guys with probably more skill and more talent as we get near this Olympics here, only a few weeks away from uh, the USA's first games. You know, have you changed your mind on what you thought about the roster or, or what Burke ended up deciding? And I know he wasn't exactly the general manager, but it seemed like he had a, a big-time say in who made the team. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's really hard for me to judge who they picked and why. Now, look, is, is it, you know, pretty pretty shocking that Bobby Ryan didn't make that team? I mean, obviously, the guy is a goal-scoring monster. You need players that can wheeler. You know, he might not be a big minutes guy in that team, but he, he will serve a purpose on the third or fourth line if he plays. A guy like Derek Stepan, who you know is not my favorite player, although I will admit that he is a smart player, and he does add depth in that center ice position for that team. So I understand why he was picked. Um, it's hard for me to judge if they've made the right decision until I see a couple games. Um, but on the outside looking in, you would think Bobby Ryan would have been a pretty logical uh, fit for that team. But, I mean, then again, I've been very much against the NHL players in the Olympics. So I'm, you know, more concerned about their, you know, can you imagine this scenario? There's Stefan and Rick Nash playing against each other, accidentally going knee-on-knee and both being out for the rest <laughs> of the season. I mean, that's the biggest problem. Well, I figured that you were going to say you're against the Olympics because you're against the stadium series and all the good stuff in hockey, and I figured you were one of those guys that didn't like the three-week layoff from the season. Of course, 
I, what I'm more concerned about is players on a team that I root for, or anybody else would be, getting injured in a competition that's not the NHL. That's my biggest issue. If it was in the offseason, I, I would care a lot less. I know they play in a world championship tournament that nobody really cares about except the players. You know, this is right smack in the middle of the season, towards the latter stages of the season. You know, when the playoff push is right around the corner, and there's a risk of injury, there's risk of fatigue, there's travel. Uh, to me, it's just, if you're a, a fan of a team that's contending, this is definitely something that's bothersome, and it bothers me big time. It's not the outcome I'm not patriotic or, you know... <laughs> I like the games themselves are good. Obviously, the Olympic Games are great. That Canadian-U.S. Uh, gold medal game, you know, what was it, four years ago, was as good as it gets. But right in the middle of the NHL season, I don't really care about a gold medal as much as I care about a Stanley Cup. So maybe these players from Europe care a little, you know, think a little bit differently. But, I mean, I want a Stanley Cup. I want the Rangers to win a cup. I could care less if Derek Stefan comes home with a silver medal. That's my point. Well, with the Cup, uh, at the beginning of the season, the way this team was built, the way they were playing, it didn't look like they'd be a team that you know could get out of the first or second round. Then when they they lost for a good amount of time, it didn't look like they'd be a team that even made the playoffs. Now they're playing uh, over the last few weeks their best stretch of hockey, really, since Lundqvist got hot and Nash got hot at the same time. Obviously, that helps. But we always talk about how high or low are you on the Rangers and what are your current feelings on them and the way they're playing right now. Uh, what does this team project towards the end of the season? Well, it's, it's always best to be hot heading into the playoffs. Of course, we have that bullheaded Olympic break that's going to you know screw everything up. But, you know, this is the, it's the right time for them to play well, and I think they're a player, maybe two players away from being able to make a, a serious cup run. I mean, look, I know Pittsburgh's a great regular season team, but, you know, we all know what happens to their goalie come the playoffs. Um, the play, you know, it's staying on the East, of course. A lot of these teams, you know, all you need is a hot goalie. And if Lundqvist can remain hot, after going to the Olympics, not doing anything, and finishing seventh, and he can remain hot in the NHL and, and you know, get the Rangers through a couple of series, you got to be happy with that. You know, I was thinking, well, one player the Rangers would love to get to the playoffs, if they could somehow figure out a way to get Dustin Bufflin from Winnipeg, I really think that would really make the Rangers, I don't want to call them pretenders, but I would, I would seriously think that a player like that who can work on the power play, who has a hell of a shot, who has no fear of going up and down the ice, is a big body, I think that would make them serious contenders to come out of the East. That's just, you know, I have a, I don't know if he's even available, but that's the kind of player they need. A six foot four, two hundred thirty pound defenseman with a ninety plus mile per hour slap shot who's not afraid to do anything on the ice. And to me, that's different than the Rangers possibly getting to the conference final or being eliminated in the first round, or maybe not even make the playoffs. Well, you sort of answered my next question. The next thing I was going to talk about was who do you think would make the most sense for them by the uh, the March 5th deadline? And um, I know in the past, you know, you've pretty much been spot on with guys they end up getting. Um, you were right about when they were going to get Richards, when it seemed like a lot of teams were in on him. The one guy you always had brought up in the past was Shane Doan, so I was trying to see who your Shane Doan of this year is, and I guess it's Dustin Bufflin. Yeah, it, 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 to me, he's the perfect fit. You know, I've heard before, and look, you can only take these things with a grain of salt, but... And I've heard that he's been vocal off the record about coming. He loved to play in New York. Well, every player really much said, pretty much said that, you know, except for Ken Griffey Jr. Um, so I would think it would be a great fit. I don't know. I couldn't even imagine what Winnipeg would want. You know, I would think you'd start with a couple of their Rangers prospects, you know, the J.T. Millers, you know, the world and high draft picks. But, I mean, that to me would be the player the Rangers, if available, 
you don't know if he's available. You know, if he if it were made public that the Jets are looking to load up on prospects for Dustin Bufflin, I would be doing whatever it takes to bring him over here. You know, he's another guy that's that's young. He's, I, I think he's 30 or 29. I think he'd be a huge difference maker on this team. Well, the newest Ranger, or the second newest Ranger, actually, now that they have Klein from Nashville, is is uh, Carcillo, Carbomb Carcillo. And um, he sort of came over right when they started to get hot, and everyone, I know jokingly online and on Twitter, was saying the Carcillo effect for the way the Rangers were playing and how he was having an impact on uh, on them getting two points and getting wins, um, when reality it was, as we know, Lundqvist getting hot and Nash starting his goal streak. But um, for all the, the battles he was in in the past against the Rangers, it's sort of weird, hasn't really set in yet after 10 games of him playing that, uh, that he is a Ranger. But how do you view what he's done so far in a very short stint with the team? I was very pleasantly surprised, Dave. I have always been a fan of Dan Carcillo, even when he tried to fight Marion Gabbert a couple years ago. He's just, you know, he's a gritty player who's going to make enemies on the ice. And the Rangers haven't had, I mean, I, I think maybe they thought Aaron Nashian would be like that, but he's, you know, he was an older guy uh, who can score in the playoffs somehow. You know, I, I think Carcillo tends to play, which is a big thing. He's not just going to go out there and fight. You know, he's playing for a little while in Chicago was actually under top line uh, his time there so uh, you know considering he gave up just a 7th round draft pick uh, you know for a guy who's going to play 10 minutes and drop the gloves and can play I mean look uh, I think you'll agree anybody that can uh, keep Brian Boyle off the ice you know is a premier player for the Rangers so (laughs) uh, I I think I think you know his acquisition was solid I think he's been good I don't think you know I think it's coincidental the Rangers have been playing a lot better since he's gotten here but you know, a player like him helps, and the Rangers haven't had a player like that in a long time. You know, how much more can you say about Dan Carcillo? He's been solid, and he's helped the Rangers win. He scored a goal, and uh, he gets under the other team's skin, which is important. Well, to help your case for uh, to get Glenn Santa's attention for that potential trade, um, I just looked it up, and Bufflin's only 28. There you go. I mean, that's even, you know, he's younger than uh, Rick Nash. Yeah, exactly. A year younger. And he's, and he's won. And he's won. He's won a cup. He won a cup in Chicago. We got, I, I just think he'd be a great fit. He'd be a great fit anywhere. But I think for the Rangers, who you know might be a player away from being really, really good, uh, I think it'd be a great fit. And uh, to move away from the hockey talk here at the end here, I, we're just a few days away from uh, from Super Bowl Forty Eight at MetLife, and I know you and you and uh, being a big football guy aside from your Rangers, um, it seems like you're you're gonna ride the Broncos this week. Uh, is that what you're feeling? I hope the Broncos win that game, eighty-eight <laughs> nothing. I. Uh... Hey, look, I, I know a lot of people, you know, for some reason don't like Peyton Manning. I do like Peyton Manning. To me, they have a lot of likable players. No Sean Moreno, likable guy. Uh, Eric Decker, you know, he, he's on a stupid reality show, but, you know, a good player. Demarius Thomas, a good player. Julius Thomas, a great story. So it, there's just a lot about that team that I like, you know, both on the field and off the field. And, look, I, I know that, that Richard Sherman maybe doesn't do anything off the field, which is fine. You know, but he comes off as unlikable. Uh, I like Marshawn Lynch a lot. I've always liked him. I, I don't like Russell Wilson. You know, to me, he's that golden boy that everybody loves, can do no wrong. That bothers me. You know, he's up, <laughs> they call, you know so this is something about that team. And, I, and you know what? And, you know, and I can't believe I forgot to mention this. And I am so sick of the freaking 12th man. I could tell. It's so annoying. And I wish they would come to New Jersey and lose in front of them. That is so, Nobody except the people in Seattle cares about the 12th man. They have the stupid flag. You know, they got Jamie Moyer there. You know, enough. I do not, again, they're loud. They scream out loud. 
You know, I go to WrestleMania, and it's probably louder. So it's enough. And they, all the announcers, they don't stop mentioning it. It's enough to make you want to puke in your shoes. And so you can't deal with it. So I hope they come in here. It's nothing personal. I, I just I hope Denver wipes the floor. I'm, t- I'm taking the two and a half, and I'm running with it. All right, well, I'm with you. I hope the Broncos win, too. And I was looking through, uh, just came across, uh, it was yesterday or today, um, uh, our story from last year, our email exchange with the Kentucky Derby prediction. So we're only a few months away from that, so I'm sure you're already handicapping that as well. I already have uh, Honor Code as my uh, favorite to win the Kentucky Derby. So right, we're still well, plenty of months away. And... Who did you give me last year? I, I remember two years ago it was uh, Alpha. Revo- revolutionary last year. Revolutionary. And it was Alpha the year before. Yeah, he so... ran... He, he ran uh, he ran third, and then uh, he ran in the Belmont Stakes and finished third, and he hasn't run since. And he was he was he got injured, and then he hasn't run since. All right, so honor code. Uh, maybe I'll go put that uh, futures wagers on sportsbook right now. Well, uh, yeah, honor code. Look it up. Monzo, it's good to talk to you, and uh, we'll have to do it again. Either maybe we'll talk Olympic hockey during the three week break, since I know how much you love it. Yeah, I'll make sure I don't answer the phone.